the most despicable member of Congress is, hands down, Adam Schiff. There's no contest. When the House Democrat isn't peddling lies or weaving schemes to damage or defame political adversaries, he's whining or crying about some invented injustice that he has suffered. Schiff is like a petulant child who wallows in his own self-induced victimhood. When he isn't bellyaching, he's bullying someone. Schiff is the kind of guy who gives cowards a bad name. Bear in mind that Shifty, as he's known, has never accomplished anything constructive in his life. He knows only destruction. He's perfected the art of dirty and corrupt politics. He's a master at sleaze. His dishonesty is legendary in Washington, D.C. For years, Schiff pushed the phony Steele dossier, insisting it was credible and corroborated. It wasn't. He repeatedly claimed there was clear evidence of Trump-Russia collusion. There wasn't. He said he had secret proof that Trump conspired with the Kremlin. He didn't. He promised there was no FISA abuse by the FBI. There was. These are just a few of Adam Schiff's greatest hits. But during the first impeachment of Donald Trump, Schiff really distinguished himself as a consummate sneak. He helped recruit and exploit a so-called whistleblower who was no whistleblower at all under the law. Yet he falsely denied that he or his committee had any prior contact. His lie earned him four Pinocchios from the Washington Post. And then in front of Congress, you remember this, he conjured up his own imaginary version of Trump's phone call with the president of Ukraine to frame Trump for a crime that never happened. I could go on and on. You'd need a calculator to keep track of Schiff's deceit. So it came as no surprise the other day when Schiff did it again. He threw an apoplectic fit when he learned that Trump's Department of Justice secretly obtained his phone records during a leak investigation— except Schiff conveniently left out the part about how he had done the exact same thing to others. His feigned outrage and sanctimony was nothing more than rank hypocrisy. It was classic Adam Schiff. Attorney, Fox News legal analyst, and two-time New York Times bestselling author... This is The Brief with Greg Jarrett. By now, you've all heard me talk about MyPillow. And now Mike has done it again by introducing his new My Slippers. Mike has taken over two years to develop. It's designed to wear indoors, outdoors, all day long, made with MyPillow foam and impact gel to help prevent fatigue. Made with quality leather suede. For a limited time, Mike is offering 40% off his new My Slippers. The My Slippers are so comfortable, you'll want to get some for the whole family. I love mine. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the Radio Listener Square and use promo code GREG, G-R-E-G-G. 
You will also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream Bed Sheets, the MyPillow Mattress Topper, and MyPillow Towel Sets, or just call 1-800-544-8939 and use promo code G-R-E-G-G. There's always a perverse irony when a perpetrator becomes the victim. It's like a burglar who gets robbed. Makes you want to cheer, right? Or or laugh. I was doing both as I watched Adam Schiff throw a tantrum when he learned that Donald Trump's DOJ had collected the congressman's phone call records three years ago as federal prosecutors were trying to track down government leaks to reporters of classified information involving sensitive national security matters. There was Schiff on television crying like a baby about how Trump had used the DOJ as a cudgel against his opponents. Schiff was howling that it was, quote, a blatant attack on our democracy. That was hardly the case. The DOJ had presented probable cause to a grand jury that then considered the matter and issued lawful subpoenas. It was logical, after all, to examine Schiff as the source of those classified leaks, given Schiff's prodigious track record of politically motivated leaks aimed at harming his adversaries, especially Donald Trump, his chief nemesis. But what was so laughable about Schiff's conniption fit was that he had done the exact same thing to others, and yet he left that part out. Oh, gee, what a surprise. The insufferably self-righteous Schiff never bothered to mention that he secretly subpoenaed the phone records of a fellow congressman on his own committee, the House Intelligence Committee. Schiff also covertly seized the phone records of Trump's attorneys, Rudy Giuliani, Jay Sekulow, and attorney Victoria Tensing, journalist John Solomon, Fox News host Sean Hannity, and others. Now, Schiff secured the records from a telecommunications provider just as the DOJ had done. The only difference is that the DOJ was trying to track down crimes committed. Schiff, on the other hand, was simply snooping on political opponents, or, as the Wall Street Journal called it, abusing surveillance powers for drive-by smears of Republicans in a free press. All of this happened during the first Trump impeachment debacle presided over by Adam Schiff. He was doing what he always does, trying to dig up dirt by hook or by crook. Schiff then compounded his malevolent scheme by publishing the call records and publishing some of the telephone numbers of those he had targeted. And all the while, Schiff refused to turn over any of his own electronic communications with the impeachment press and the so-called whistleblower. What's truly amazing is how compliant and clueless and stupid The mainstream media was, as Adam Schiff was throwing his temper tantrum the other day. Nobody in the media said to him, but wait, uh, Congressman, didn't you do the same thing? Didn't you secretly collect people's phone records 
without notice to them? Didn't you trample on the Fourth Amendment rights of citizens and abuse your authority in another one of your witch hunts? Well, of course the media didn't pose those questions. Why would they? Several reasons come to mind. The first is obvious. A lot of journalists are just too dumb, or they don't remember what Schiff did, even though it was only a scant three years ago. Amnesia seems to be contagious in the press corps. The second reason is that the progressive media is hopelessly biased. They refuse to challenge a liberal Democrat over suspected wrongdoing or glaring hypocrisy, especially when the matter vilifies the great demon Donald Trump. There's no balance or fairness or objectivity in American newsrooms. There is only a shameless double standard that constitutes media malpractice on steroids. There is one group that decided to challenge what Adam Schiff had done. The watchdog organization called Judicial Watch filed a lawsuit seeking access to Schiff's secretive subpoenas to determine whether he had abused the power of his office. Naturally, Schiff fought to keep them sealed despite his repeated commitments to transparency. Joining us now is Tom Fitton, president of Judicial Watch. Tom, thanks for being with us to talk about this. Uh, Explain why you decided to sue Adam Schiff and his committee under the Freedom of Information Act. Well, you know, we saw that Schiff had subpoenaed and then published the records of, he directly subpoenaed the records of Rudy Giuliani, and through that subpoena, He got phone records of Devin Nunes, a fellow member of Congress, other members of the Trump legal team. Of course, this is all during the first sham impeachment. He published that information, also included the uh, records of a reporter. And what was very interesting about that process is it wasn't a court process. He just issued it out out of his own committee, out of his own power of the House, which now it turns out they're telling us is an unbridled power. So our lawyers, being the smart lawyers they are, said, well, how is it we can figure out what went on here? This wasn't a Justice Department subpoena. Congress exempts itself from the Freedom of Information Act. So we asked under the common law right of public access to government documents that we as citizens and, and, and human beings have, it's a, light, it's, a, it's a right that predates the Constitution. It's this inherent right individuals have to access government documents. So we kicked it into the district court, the lower court. We were stymie there. They, they used the speech and debate clause, speech or debate clause to uh, keep it secret. We went to the appellate court and, you know, the appellate court upheld that analysis. But one of the judges said, you know, this is this is a kind of a new issue. Uh, this may not be the perfect vehicle for getting there, although I think it is. Uh, but uh, it, there is this common law right of private access, public access to documents, and we need uh, to uh, think about how Congress uh, is uh, held accountable under this process. And yet, uh, it was a three-judge panel, uh, and it was uh, dominated by liberals on the panel. And they bought into this whole argument that Schiff had made, citing the speech and debate clause of the Constitution, 
And he said, look, under that clause, I have unlimited surveillance power. I have unfettered authority to do what I want to do. I can invade the privacy rights of American citizens. I can do it without notice. Uh, You know, I find it shocking that any judge would ever agree with it. Although, frankly, when you, you know, look at the D.C. U.S. Court of Appeals, um, that's sort of the way they trend there, isn't it? Circuit court up there is uh, terrifically liberal, uh, and we weren't even at, we weren't even challenging the subpoenas per se. We we're highlighting the public interest in exposing them, but they weren't persuaded. And um, you know, in the courts here in D.C., I'm not a lawyer, but I've been doing this for 23 years. You talk about the deep state; it, it's in the courts too. And I say that in the sense that the courts here in the District of Columbia are extremely deferential to government interests, whether it be in the executive branch or the congressional branch. Now, ideologically, for left-wing reasons, sometimes they veer from that. Uh, But it's a government town. It's a company town here in D.C., so it's not a surprise. You know, but the segue here is we just get this decision two weeks ago, more or less, and then there's this. These news stories that you need a decoder ring to analyze because they're so fundamentally dishonest, where Adam Schiff is the alleged target of lawful grand jury subpoenas issued under court process, and we're told it's the worst thing in the world, and Schiff is outraged by it as he's issuing secret subpoenas, not subject to any court scrutiny, that he thinks... He has the right to do for not only the president's lawyer, but for anyone Congress has it itself. What's truly amazing is the media completely yawned when Adam Schiff was secretly collecting the phone records of these journalists and lawyers. Um, They didn't care. Oh, it's, you know, it's okay. Now, all of a sudden, when they discover that Donald Trump's Department of Justice lawfully went to a grand jury and got subpoenas, to try to track down crimes, the leak of classified information that that arguably jeopardizes national security. But now the media is seething with anger that Trump's DOJ subpoenaed phone call records. There is such a conspicuous double standard, isn't there? Uh, There is. And uh, of course, it goes back to Trump doesn't deserve the protections of the Constitution. He doesn't have the civil rights or the powers of the presidency, anyone else would have had in a similar position. And now we see that they're broadening the attack in terms of denying civil rights to, to all Trump supporters, practically speaking. But going back to the media, I mean, are you the smartest man in Washington, D.C. that quickly put two and two together that will shift subpoenaed people secretly? <laughs> Why is he complaining that a grand jury subpoenaed him secretly? Of course you're not. You're not. The media know exactly what's happening. And of course, you, we have to remember this story about Schiff comes on the heels of stories about media companies being similarly targeted in leak investigations. Now, I've looked at the laws about the handling classified information, the dissemination of it, and there's no exception for the media to allow them to break the laws about the handling classified information. So they don't think they should be subject to subpoena as well. So it's no, it's it's obvious, it's quite obvious, and it follows 
that their ally, Adam Schiff, uh, should not be subject to subpoenas as well, because, you know, look, they're in the same, they're in the bed together as they, uh, it looks to me, engage in leaking targeting their political opposition. And, you know, leaking is not always, it may be something that normal people don't like doing. Uh, it's not always illegal. But Schiff's role as head of the Intelligence Committee, Swalwell, of course, is caught up in this too. When you have classified information that gets out, you're talking, as you highlight, uh, crimes that harm our nation's security. And the one thing I would, and, you know, I talked right. about the decoder ring analysis you need to bring when you look at these news stories. The real scandal is the Biden administration, five months into their administration, shut down criminal leak investigations, potentially implicating allies in Congress, have curtailed That's right. criminal leak investigations that were target that were had either Trump as a victim or maybe others. Uh, and are helping the media now avoid legal scrutiny that every other American would be subject to. So here you had the Biden Justice Department uh, jumping through Joe Biden's hoops. He didn't like the media subpoenas, so they changed the policy on that. And they shut down an investigation to one of Biden's friends that helped him get into office. That, to me, is the news. And the other news is, what was Schiff being investigated for? They've been coy about what that is. They have all these details about the investigation, about the subpoena, but not what it was for. Isn't that curious? What are they hiding? You know, whereas the Justice Department under Donald Trump, Jeff Sessions, Bill Barr, uh, the the professionals uh, at the Department of Justice, not political appointees, but professionals, they're trying to locate those who committed crimes, uh, the leaking of classified information, because it does damage to our national security. They're classified for a reason. Schiff, on the other hand, uh, there's no evidence he was doing anything of that sort, but rather snooping on political opponents, or as the Wall Street Journal called it, abusing surveillance powers for drive-by smears of Republicans and the press. Would you agree with that? Do you think that's really what Adam Schiff was doing when he decided to issue these secret subpoenas during the impeachment hearing of journalists and lawyers? Yeah, he clearly was on a fishing expedition, and it isn't like he found anything. You can see it was salacious in the sense he just published the records of a fellow member of Congress, the lawyers for the president, in the impeachment report. So the secret subpoena is one thing. Then he published the phone records. And when you look at his description of the phone calls that he put into his impeachment report, there was no there there. Uh, there was a lot of there, there was not even smoke, let alone fire. It just shows you the abusive process was just to exercise the power to let your political opponents know that they can be gotten anywhere. And every American should now be warned or on notice that the House has said to a federal court they can issue subpoenas secretly without court authorization for any information they want on anyone. You know, what's so confounding and bewildering is that, you know, when Adam Schiff the other day threw his temper tantrum, how dare they, you know, uh, subpoena my phone call records? Um, nobody in the media said to him, and he was on 
television shows. He was standing in front of microphones and, and cameras. And nobody said to him, well, Mr. Schiff, didn't you do the exact same thing? Uh, didn't you arguably trample on Fourth Amendment rights of American citizens? Uh, aren't you a, a glaring hypocrite? You're condemning the Department of Justice for doing lawfully what you did, uh, arguably unlawfully. Uh, because you had no probable cause. You just did it. The De- Department of Justice has to have probable cause and present it in front of a grand jury that then issues the subpoena in a very lawful way. But nobody did that. I scoured the the uh, New York Times, the Washington Post. I watched clips uh, of, of these interviews with Schiff um, on television news media, and nobody, nobody, brought it up. Now, a part of me thought, well, they, they've got amnesia. I mean, they're so stupid, they just don't remember, even though it was like, you know, two, three years ago. But then I began to realize that they know it, but they just don't want to be fair and objective and neutral and ask a challenging question of a, of a liberal Democrat who hates Donald Trump because the media hates Donald Trump. They do. And I know they knew it. I know at least one one major newspaper knew it. It was raised with them. They chose not to report on it. Bloomberg Law reported on the decision. The decision is one of the most important courts in the country on a congressional subpoena power. Of course the media knew about it. They. T- this is about attacking the Trump administration. It's about covering for the Biden administration's protection of their criminal conduct or a unwillingness to investigate it. So this is the spin. And the spin is number one, facts and truth are secondary. It's no wonder the Department of Justice um, was looking into Adam Schiff and his committee, given the fact that Schiff has a long and distinguished track record of of leaks. Um, and, and this is also a guy who is probably one of the most... Uh, uh, prolific liars uh, who engaged in, in chronic deceits during the whole Trump-Russia collusion hoax. He insisted he had clear and obvious evidence of Trump-Russia uh, conspiracy. He didn't. He claimed the, there was no abuse of FISA. There was. And then he moved to the impeachment. You know, he denied that uh, he and his committee had any prior contact with a so-called whistleblower, who's not a whistleblower at all under the law, uh, that was was simply untrue. So, you know, when it comes to Adam Schiff, it, it, it's naturally to be suspicious of not just his motives, but his actions. Would you agree? Oh, yeah. Uh, if there's anyone who should have—let me put it this way. Adam Schiff should be the target of criminal leak investigations simply based on the handling of the classified Ukraine phone call. It's pretty clear, uh, to me at least, based on the evidence I've been looking at, and this is all publicly available, that they got access to that classified phone call outside the proper channels in a way that violated the rules about uh, the handling of that sensitive national security matter. That should be the subject of a criminal investigation. I don't know what generated this DOJ investigation, 
you know, my guess it was they backed themselves into asking for Schiff's files because I don't trust the DOJ to do anything competently or focused specifically on Schiff. But the fact remains the Biden administration shut it down. We're not being told what it's about. As you point out, Schiff has a demonstrated record of uh, leaking information. Uh, and because of his role in the Intelligence Committee, he ought to be a suspect in, a, frankly, a series of criminal leak investigations that uh, you know had politically the target of Trump. But in terms of the harm, it's broader. It, brought, it harms the country because when you look at the law and classified information, the reason it's protected is because its release would harm our nation's security and in many cases put lives at risk. So Schiff's argument currently stands is accepted by the uh, Court of Appeals for the U.S. Uh, District Court in, in Washington, D.C. And that, that argument is that I can do anything I want to do, that I have an unlimited power um, to gain access to uh, American citizens' phone records, uh, and th that power is unfettered, and you don't have jurisdiction over me, federal courts. Um, th that is a frightening concept. And if left unchallenged, uh, that'll be the new standard. So, th so my question to you is, will you challenge it by taking the matter now to a higher court, which would be the U.S. Supreme Court? Well, you know, Greg, our lawyers will have to evaluate the decision. We're still doing that. We have a little bit of time. And as you know, the lawyers look at what the options are. And the two options here are going up to the Supreme Court um, immediately or asking the full circuit, the full um, D.C. circuit, to hear it and consider it en banc. You know, the, the I think the law is pretty, you know, we make a compelling case. And I think the circuit, I mean, the appellate camp panel, their view was, look, the circuit law is this. We can't overrule it as a panel. And Judge Henderson seemed to me, the uh, in her concurring opinion, suggested that maybe the full circuit. I mean, the implication of what she said was maybe the you know the full circuit sitting on bond can take another look at this. So we'll see what the lawyers figure out. You know, we just you know we have to see where our chances are best going to be and where the law will take us in that regard and you know from my perspective and I don't know for sure whether we'll appeal at this because you know you you have to defer to the lawyers in large measure it's not a matter of what we do it's it's how we do it in terms of appealing Tom Fitton president of Judicial Watch thanks for being with us today as our guest hey thank you Greg and thank you for covering this important issue this is a a major rule of law issue in terms of the threat congress poses to our civil liberties. It is indeed. Tom Fitton again, thanks very much. And that's The Brief. I'm Greg Jarrett. Thanks for listening. <laughs>